0: Hey there Bulldogs. Welcome to Career Chat. This is Kylie, your host, an alumnus of DeSales University and a former career ambassador. I'm so excited to be hosting this podcast to help provide you with valuable information relating to career development. Prepare to hear from some amazing people as we help you explore your interests, develop your skills, and implement a plan for a fruitful career in the future. With that being said, let's get started with this week's episode. Alrighty. well, thank you both for you know joining me on this Tuesday. I would love—I um, know we got to speak a little bit before, but I would love uh, if both of you would tell me a little bit about yourself and Laura. I guess for you particularly, how you went to the sales, left the sales, and now you're back at the sales. I would love to hear that as well as and also your experience, you know, working with the sales and what you've been up to.
1: Certainly. Well, it's great to see you both. Um, My name's Ann Cofer, and I have been at the sales for twenty-five years. It's hard to believe I've spent a quarter of a century there, but um, it's just a really great mix. Of I'm I like their mission. I feel really good about the work I do there. Um, I came from Lehigh University. I was there for about seven years, and mm-hmm. I also enjoyed my time there. A little bit different, of a mix of students, but still, uh, you know, really really fun. And uh, before Lehigh, I worked at Northampton Community College. Um, I worked helping students get their GEDs. So I've had, I think, a really nice, varied experience in
2: education, and um, I just really enjoy helping students. Nice. Um, So my name is Laura Frias. Um, I'm currently a graduate student at Kutztown University, finishing up in the student affairs program. Um, So I hopefully will be graduating this upcoming May. Um, Before entering uh, this graduate program, I... Um, kind of backtracking to where it all began. Um, I am a first-generation student, so um, my aspirations was to go to college. I wasn't too sure of like where I wanted to go, um, so I pretty much followed my sister's footsteps. She was attending the sales. Um, She said wonderful things about uh, the Academic Success Center. She was... um, part of the gts program gateway to success um and she's shared how how wonderful they treated her and how much they supported her academically um so i was in a way in my own sense just kind of like excited about that and that opportunity so um you know, I made a few connections uh, with certain people and they were able to uh, help me get into the university and uh, as well as being part of the GTS program. It wasn't up until my sophomore year where my sister was graduating and I kind of Mm -hmm. realized maybe I was following her footsteps Mm -hmm. and not my own. Yeah, yeah. Um, And that's where I had to do a lot of self-reflection and really figure out if the sales was for me. And that's where I kind of ultimately decided that I felt it would be best for me, not only personally, but academically to just transfer and kind of get a fresh start on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I had decided to transfer to Kutztown. And don't get me wrong, the sales was great. They definitely helped me uh, figure out my major. I stayed with business um, and then I graduated in 2019 with a business administration and focus and management bachelor's degree. And pretty much I worked for like a year and a half Uh The previous uh, program coordinator of GTS actually had recommended to me to think about going into human resources, and that's where I went uh, the the route that I ended (laughs) up going after I graduated. I worked for a bit and I really enjoyed it, but as I started to get promoted within the company, I started to go a different route other than human resources. And then once again, I started to reflect again and I was like, okay, maybe the business field isn't where I want to grow my skills and have my talent, you know, and give my talent and all in that direction. So I ultimately decided to go back to school, but into student affairs because I really like the aspect of student learning and development, especially supporting all different types of identities. Mm -hmm. Um, And then as part of my last year um, in the student affairs program, we have the opportunity to complete two internships. And as I've become more aware of the professional route that I want to go into, I've really tuned into academic services, um, advising, mentoring, specifically for students who identify as underrepresented. So I thought it would be a great opportunity to reconnect with with Anne and the Academic Success Center staff, just see if they had an opportunity for me to just kind of shadow them and give back to the the ASC as well as GTS, because it was a great foundation for me. I'm just very grateful to have this opportunity. So here I am.
0: It's funny how we all all find find our ways back to DeSales because like we were talking about before, I um, didn't start at DeSales, but I sort of had a history with DeSales. My mom graduated from DeSales. She has four degrees from DeSales, actually. So wow. she's her bachelor's of nursing, her ba- well, bachelor's of biology, bachelor's of nursing, master's of nursing, and then doctorate in the nursing program. So yeah, so I had that history, but I actually started off um, at a different school. I started off at Rutgers. I think like most students... I grew up in the area, so I kind of thought that I needed to just like run really far away. Um, and then I decided that it was absolutely not for me in terms of like my education style. And then I decided to transfer to sales. But it's interesting how we we pivot so much in our lives depending on what our needs are at that moment, and just because. Something isn't right for us in that second doesn't mean that it's not a right environment overall. It just means either for the teaching style or something else we may need a different environment. But in terms of you like learning now all about you know academics and advising, uh, it's the perfect environment for you because I feel like the right. sales is just a wonderful example of all of the wonderful advising skills and support that a, a college can give to you. Um, yeah. So one question that I do have. I don't actually know the answer to it, is I know that the Academic Success Center was actually changed from the Academic Resource Center to the Academic Success Center. So I was wondering what the history was behind that name change and sort of what the philosophy was um, when changing the two, and also a little bit about what the Academic Success Center has to offer.
1: Well, I can start with that. And then, Laura, please chime in. Um, I can tell you that the center was actually started back in the early 80s. Wow. Even though the school opened up, I think, 1964, 1965, a learning center wasn't really... Uh, created till about 15 years later, at least that's my understanding. And um, it was just called the Learning Center back then. And I think it kind of gave the students a sense that it was for people that were slow or had issues or weren't really college level material. and it it was very stale. It Mm -hmm. just sounded like the Learning Center, like, no, who would really want to go there? And then we changed that name in, I would say, maybe 15 years later, around 1995, to the Academic Resource Center, thinking it sounded a little bit, it popped a little more. Mm -hmm. But then we started to see that people just came in for a service. I need a chemistry tutor, walk in, the tutor is John Smith. You'll see him at 4 p.m. on Tuesdays. And then we never saw them again. So it was a very specific. This is my need. Here's your answer and go. So we've been thinking about changing our name probably for about the last 10 years. Yeah. It was just under brother Dan Wisniewski, um who's our provost right now, who really got behind it and really got excited about it. And he was really very instrumental in the change. And we really wanted something positive, And we wanted something that, in a sense, at least for me, it kind of hinted toward more of a relationship with the student than a service. Instead of just handing you a tutor or handing you a paper that's been, um, you know, looked at and, um, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, for errors and for punctuation and grammar, we really want a relationship with you. So one day you might need a tutor, the next day you might want to want a paper check. And then the day after that, you might want to work with our academic coach. So Mm -hmm. that's
0: kind of the history of how we got to where we are. Oh my goodness. And it definitely seems like it echoes sort of what DeSales is all about, which is really creating wonderful connections between staff, students, and faculty. And that's one of the things that I've always loved about DeSales is that when you walk into a building at DeSales, um, the people are normally never don't change very often (laughs) and also they know the people in the building right next to them or the room right next to them um so often i mean i had an experience at a really large school so they would say oh well you need to go to this building like on the other side of campus and see someone there I was like, well, who, who am I, who am I looking for and what am I doing? So that personalized connection and that ability to really resource out, um, but know who you're sending people to so you can check up on them, um, I think is a really wonderful experience and also a great way to sort of pivot the marketing and also just um, the whole mantra behind the Academic Success Center. And yeah, I really, really love that. And I guess that leads into my next question is, and I know this is very personal, and I guess that everyone would have a different answer, but I'm curious what the two of
2: you think would make a successful student. So what makes a successful student? I think the first thing that would make a student successful is definitely their like willpower and motivation, because I think that's mm-hmm. where it all starts. That intrinsic motivation, and how well they're able to tune into that and then maybe you know after that follows like their aptitude and just kind of like okay what like what am I naturally good at like what so now I have my motivation. Now I know where I'm naturally good at something. And then just kind of tuning into like their passion and just striving forward. But I think it also takes a a, a lot of little things that are put together to make like a whole foundation. So I also think what makes a, a successful student is not only the motivation intrinsically and other types, but as well as their commitment to, mm-hmm. to wanting to succeed, to overcoming the adversities that come their way, because all students have different types of identities that you know, some might show that they are struggling with something, but some might not. And so you never really know. And so not only that, I, I think, you know, putting yourself out there, because I think school is more than just learning what, what you can by reading a book, but it's also building connections and meeting the right people that can lead you to the right resources that, that if anything, those right resu- um, the right resources guide your path to success but yeah i i think in those things alone can make a student very successful i'm i'm sure that there's more that can come to mind um but but those are the few that really stick out to me as to how a student can succeed but I mean every every student's you know story is so different that you Mm -hmm. know even even the smallest things can be so successful to their life um, and can be so significant so you know I, I salute all the students that that do their very best and you know if they find some form of success that makes them happy then I completely admire them and I wish them the best but yeah that was just those are of a few of the things i can think of when when i think of a successful student
0: wonderful how about you ann
1: those are great answers, Laura. Probably, <laughs> probably the one thing that I would add is that I found over the years the students that are not afraid to make a mistake, the ones who um pretty much have more of a growth mindset about who they are. They're 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 gonna just put themselves out there. Um they have a sense of what they're good at and what they need help with, and they understand. Just because you're bad in math, you still have this great future ahead. So you just have to get the tutor, sit through the sessions, figure out how to pass the tests, and then move on to your next challenge. So I found the people that say, "Okay, here's what I can do. Here's what I stink at. I have a pretty good analysis of my skill set." I'm going to have to work a little harder on the things I don't know how to do. And if I get a 50 in the quiz, I'm going to still be OK. I'm just going to have to work that much harder just to get a passing grade and then move on. So I, I think when they're not afraid to make a mistake and can assess their th- themselves and still feel good about who they are, that to me is a successful person.
0: Wonderful. Yeah, I agree. I think it really is sort of students recognizing their strengths and weaknesses and running with their strengths. I think that's the best way to succeed is because acknowledging that you're not going to be great at everything and that's totally fine, but you need to really work on what you're good at um, to make it Make it your thing. So I completely agree. Pivoting a little bit at looking at this from a student's perspective, I know that you see a lot of students all the time. And thinking of where we are in the semester, I I think it's pace or break right now. I, I think <laughs> I'm out of school, so I'm not hundred percent, but pretty sure it's pace or break. So during this time, this semester, what do you think students are struggling with the most? And what advice would you give them sort of from now until the end of the semester?
1: Well, Laura, I'll start and then please. Yeah. Me. <laughs> All right. Um, I would think at this point, especially for the freshmen, the honeymoon of the fall semester is absolutely over. They're now in, they're in the eighth week and they're just about at the halfway point. And what what they're looking at is, wow, I have two papers, a midterm and a quiz in two days. And for them to kind of just Deal with all of it and navigate all of that is is extremely overwhelming. I'm a little actually more concerned as well with COVID because some of these students really haven't sat in class and haven't participated at this high level, before, you know, in the last 18 months. Yeah. and so I think they're almost having shock, like it's like a wave of the ocean just knocking them over. So what I am hoping to do with my students is. In the center, we actually um, create individual, we call them prescriptions, as if they were sick with like, and they needed, you know, amoxicillin. What we do is we write them a prescription and we say, okay, you're not doing so great in your English class. We're going to make three appointments for you with the writing center. You're doing fine in your math class. So you're good to go there. But we're also seeing That you're an athlete and you're struggling with your time management because you need to be in the gym every day. So we're going to make an appointment with our academic coach. So I've found that um, if they can face their fear and if they can can look at things logically and say, "Okay, I've got eight more weeks to go and I can do this, but I've got to make adjustments and I've got to make them now. Once we get them
2: through the shock and make the adjustments, they seem to then be able to, you know, push through. I think you kind of hit the nail on the head um, with like saying just like the stress. I can only imagine that students right now with midterms coming up that they feel That stress of being overwhelmed, like, am I going to pass? Am I able to finish up until the end semester? Will I have to withdraw after midterms? You know, all those questions that come about, especially students who might be underprepared for college or started off that way. It can be a little bit, I can only imagine that it can can be a little bit more overwhelming for them. And I, I mean, the best thing that can possibly help them approach this stress or this nervousness Um, Just kind of embracing that uncomfortable feeling and knowing in a way that, you know, you are growing. And at at the end of of this feeling, if anything, you know, if things don't, let's say, go the, the way that they have hoped for, there's a lesson to be learned. And that's that in its own way, in its own way, you can look at it in a positive perspective that you're able to learn from these sorts of experience, but maybe a a way that can, you know, um, help them better approach this nervousness or stress. I am a strong advocate for planners. I I love them. I I think I can hold myself accountable. Um, It helps me pace out my my days. I'll like mark down, you know, when the assignment is due, and then I'll retreat back like weeks back to see like okay, I can start here, and then like I'm pacing myself, and mm-hmm. it's all about the the pace that works for me, the pace that where I'm not overwhelming myself trying to quickly get it rushed. So if anything, that's something that I would you know recommend to students uh, in having a better approach with handling midterms or stress or that anxiety of not knowing, as well as building relationships with their peers or, you know, someone who they can see as a mentor, because sometimes talking or receiving advice or just being heard can help and, you know, can help someone sort through their thoughts, can help them, you know, kind of game plan. Okay, how, how do I, what do I do next? I've seen that those two things not only help me, but has helped other, you know, friends or family members that I've shared this too Um, but that's all I would really have to recommend as like a starting point plan out your schedule and just know that you have resources aren't just the materialistic things that you can grab onto but they're also the people that are next to you and you can definitely you know uh, build a relationship with them where they can they can guide you and support you through your you know their academic journey I say you but I'm speaking more in general yeah I was
1: going to say, Laura, you bring up a great point when you say mentoring their academic advisor is a critical person for them to see. And we try to link in midterms with um, talking about spring uh, course registration. Kylie, I don't have to tell you, you remember, both of you remember, you know, you have to get cleared by your advisor. Or you can't register for uh, courses in January. So many, especially the seasoned advisors will sit you down and say, okay, I looked at your midterms and you have three Ds. Something's going on here. Or yeah. I see, you know, it's it's normal to have three B minuses, a C plus, and maybe one D. But if we see a pattern of Ds or Fs, then we start to think, okay, this isn't more than one course. Something's going on. So Laura, you make a great point Use the people around you, not only just your friends and your professors, but that really important relationship with your advisor.
0: Yeah, no, and I agree. And I think too, Laura, when you were talking about pacing yourself, I always tell people like you can't you can't sprint a marathon before you've learned to jog right like you're if there's a lot of things going on and the world around you is crumbling and you know you're failing in class you're not doing well in your sport team or whatever not everything's going to be able to be fixed at once and if you attempt to it everything's just going to fall down. You really make sh- need to make sure you're pacing yourself and being kind to yourself and recognizing that you can't go from 0 to 100 in a single day. But moving on, um Laura, I would love if you would just mention a little bit. I know you talked about it in the beginning, a little bit about the Gateway to Success program. This wasn't something that I actually knew about um when I was at to sales and I think it is such an important opportunity and resource for individuals that I just, I,
2: I would love for you to speak on it as well. Yeah, Um. so GTS, from what I know as uh, being a former member, mm-hmm. as well as, you know, being a graduate intern for the ASC, it's a program that supports students who might identify as, or typically identify as like underrepresented or maybe underprepared. Mm-hmm. And they might just have fragile needs. That specific program is designed to support them in. It's kind of structured in a way that they can immediately Get that support. So that can be with like the writing center, can be with like an academic advisor, which I believe would be Ann or Stacy, the assistant director, as well as the learning support coach if I'm not mistaken. That's a, a position. Um, and there she would be able to help students with like time management, reading skills. When you put them all together, they're just ideally supposed to help students transition from high school to college and feel mm-hmm. more prepared. These students usually are identified as academically motivated. It's mm-hmm. not like, you know, they're underprepared and they're more likely to fall. Like, no, not at all. These students are motivated and they are capable. And I feel like GTS is a program that's designed to just support them and to help them with that transition from high school to college.
1: Um, I can just say a couple of things. I can give you a little bit of history. The the Gateway to Success program actually was called the ACT- 101 program because it was actually a piece of legislation that oh. our um, that our Pennsylvania legislators created at 66 or 68 universities back in the 1970s, mm-hmm. and the entire program was with the state funding, so it was a grant. And so the, the, um, that's really what got the Learning Center going was that these positions for reading support, writing support, and then counseling and academic support, we were all actually paid for by a grant and then unfortunately around 2002 the governor at the time was Ed Rendell and he's very pro education but he had a terrible budget issue i mean he was slashing programs left and right and unfortunately the funds that our university got to pay for the salaries of this, of our of our staff they were swept away. And at that time, Father Bernie O'Connor was our president. And Bernie said, oh, my goodness, this program's too wonderful. We're going to step up and the university is now going to continue the program. But we won't call it Act 101 anymore. We're going to call it Gateway to Success. Mm -hmm. So we really have this really lovely tradition, um, and it was very much based on financially helping students back then. They certainly needed some of the academic support, but they were kids who came from some family where the money just wasn't there to pay for a college degree. Mm -hmm. And so the state was reaching out to help these really bright young people and then also give them that little bit of support. Now that it's not run by the state anymore, there isn't always as much as a financial need. There is still, for some students, but for others, they are a little underprepared and they need the academic support. So we thought if we have a program for them that is very front loaded to the fall of the freshman year. We require them to have three appointments a week and we get to watch them turn into these really wonderful, not only academic students but people they really start to get their legs and it's really great to see them and they they graduate they become doctors lawyers um big in business these are students that can compete with anyone so
0: it's a really great transition wonderful oh my goodness that's just I'm so happy that DeSales has something like that (laughs) it just makes my heart warm I love it so much um and one more well Two more questions. Um, The first one being, uh, what do you wish students knew about the Academic Success Center that they might not know? Um, Whether it's a freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, what do you wish that they knew about
2: either the staff or your philosophy
0: that they just might not know?
2: The one thing that I do wish that students knew was that I just wish that people knew that the ASC is for everyone. It's very inclusive and it does embrace diversity and like it implements equity-based initiatives and and opportunities that help all students succeed. It doesn't matter, you know, if if you come from like the richest family with that provided you with all this tutoring or you come from a family who is doing their best and chal- and you know challenged financially and maybe the student didn't have all these educational resources all that matters is that they're there and they're willing to support all students it's a very inclusive environment it it just like welcomes any sort of student and and i love that about the asc there's always an area that a student can improve on and centers like the asc is is designed to specifically help those students improve in those areas Mm -hmm. it's just a wonderful place to not only enhance your academic skills but also build relationships and become aware of like the different opportunities the different workshops that are happening um, because the ASC is connected to different departments, and I think they all try to, in in their own unique way, in their own unique way, work hand in hand to support even more students. Um, mm-hmm. So that I, I think if there's one thing, that's that's what I would say. <laughs>
1: I would absolutely agree. Um, it's not uncommon, and Laura has seen this, for students to not come to see us until their backs are right up against the wall. I mean, they are one step from the river. Mm-hmm. They are <clears throat> they are in trouble. They are ready to lose scholarships. They may have been on academic probation, and they, this is their last hope. And so they see us as a sense of support and help, but they... they I don't feel they they want to come. They feel they have to come. So many times there can be some psychological, there can be some roadblocks where they have a negativity or they just feel that, um you know, they are forced to come in. And that sometimes is a barrier that we have to break down.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think that what you guys are doing is absolutely amazing. I loved when I would visit the Academic Success Center um, I agree. I think that there are some roadblocks, mental roadblocks for some people. <laughs> um, and, you know, even the people who, like Laura said, you know, everyone has something that they can work on. So even if you are getting those A's in those classes, um, you might not be great at time management. Um, some people just handle it well, um, but they're still incredibly stressed out. So I think that, like Laura said, the Academic Success Center is for everyone. So Kind of to wrap up, because you both are amazing human beings, um, how can students get in contact with you guys? How can they uh, reach out um, for support, advice, um, advising, anything of that sort? Well, the first
1: thing they can do is they can actually come down and see us. Yes, (laughs) Um, we are are located. I stand by the word basement, but I guess I'm supposed to say the lower level of Dooling Hall. But a basement is a basement. That's where we are. Um, We're room 24 in the basement of Dooling Hall. Um, We've expanded and we've added two more staff members this year. So we're really excited about that. Um, We are open Monday through Friday from 830. To 445, and we love people walking in. We always have a lot of food or snacks around. So we, we try very hard to, to uh, create a warm environment. You can certainly email us. You can email me at my name, and.cofer at to And finally, you can go on to tutor track. This would be the uh, software system that we use to make appointments, and you can actually go in make appointments with tutors, with our academic coach, with myself, with the writing center, um, and with our math tutor, should you have a math class. So email, tutor track, walk in any way that works. We we will be there for you.
0: Wonderful. Oh my goodness. Well, I would love to thank both of you guys for, you know, sharing everything and your it's very evident that you guys love what you're doing, um, and that's my favorite thing about interviewing uh, people at the sales. Is they always just are so in love with their jobs and the students that they help. And I just I can't thank you guys enough for your time.
2: Our pleasure. Yeah, thank you for having us. It's it's been a great conversation.
0: Wonderful. Alrighty, everyone. I would love to thank Anne and Laura again for taking the time to Zoom in with me. It is so evident that they love their job and they are open and willing to, you know, give you guys advice and support you in the best ways that they know how. Um, So if you would like to visit the Academic Success Center, you can listen again to the end of the podcast or check the description for information on how to get in contact with them. And with that being said, I hope you all have a wonderful week.